This is Power Athlete Radio. With your host, Denny Cage, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Radio. This week we are excited to chat with Lauren Polivka and Zach Anderson. These two hail from Atlanta, Georgia, where Lauren is a licensed physical therapist and Zach is a coach and former CrossFit Games athlete. The two began working with each other in an attempt to tackle some of the nagging shoulder and nerve issues that have plagued Zach for the past year. When an athlete who cares for a little more than winning at any cost is paired with a PT whose sole goal is to take your body to new levels of performance, a beautiful thing happens. This beautiful thing eventually manifested into what is now repair and recover services and workshops. The duo are now taking their simple and highly effective approach to active recovery and blowing minds through the seminar circuit. What are some of the ways in which Lauren diagnoses injury, deficiency, or limiting factor? And what results have caused Zach to prioritize his once non-existent warm-up and cool-down practices? To learn, you'll just have to stay tuned. This is episode 114 with Zach and Lauren. Yo, what is happening, Power Athlete Nation? Welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. This is Denny. Today I'm here with Callie, Tex, and Bobby. And our, we have two guests today, Lauren Polivka and Zach Anderson. Thanks for uh, taking the time to be on Power Athlete Radio with us, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, and how are my Power Athlete coaches? Fucking great. As always, Danny. Never been better. Right. Kick ass, kick ass. Our, our pre-show conversation consisted of some talk of the Matrix because we have Mr. Anderson on. So, so I, I hate this place. <laughs> all right, let's yeah. Before we get into all that, um, so uh, Lauren, let's let's just kind of start the show off and tell the listeners, our three listeners, uh, like. A little bit of like your journey, how you know how you and Zach met, and a little bit of the R and R seminar that you two do, and just like your level, how you got to the level of awesomeness that you're currently presiding. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm a licensed physical therapist and a certified health coach. I've been in the strength and conditioning and sporting field uh, since 2004. Um, at that point, I got involved in it when I worked for a company called Athletes Performance. Um, the founder of that program is Mark Verstegen, who um, really helped sort of change the world of sports performance training with his methodology. Um, that's really where I got influenced about all the recovery and the regeneration stuff, the things that need to happen outside of your standard, you know, 60-minute to two-hour training program. And as a physical therapist, um, in about 2000, 
in 10, when I met some of the other guys on air with us today, um, I, that's when I joined the CrossFit world. And as a PT coming from sports and going into CrossFit, it's really when I saw sort of a window and a gap in training and coaching programs that didn't emphasize as much true programming as it relates to um, repairing and recovering your bodies from competition and from your daily training routine. Zach and I met about a year and a half ago um, when we were, I was treating a lot of the local Atlanta CrossFit athletes um, at a cryotherapy clinic and basically it was after his trip to the games I met him and um, we started working together to create a better healing and recovery plan for him. Zach, take it away. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got involved with CrossFit and if you were a former athlete. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I wrestled in college. Uh, I went to a small school at Newberry College in Newberry, South Carolina. Um, and I, uh, the way I got into CrossFit is kind of a funny story, actually. So my, I was a junior in college, and, and uh, I remember my dad called me up and said, hey, um, my buddy just dared me to do this thing called the CrossFit Open. This was in 2011. And uh, I was like, cool, go for it, have fun. I had no idea what he was talking about. And then he called me back again. He's like, hey, I end up getting seventh, and uh, the top 20 guys get invited to this thing called the CrossFit game. So I think I'm going to go. Do you want to come with me? And uh, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go with you. So me and my brother, Alex, who actually made to the games this year, um, we both went out there and watched him. And uh, he ended up actually winning the Masters Division. Um, but then we also got a chance to watch the individuals go. And I remember, I actually honestly remember laughing. We were laughing a lot at him. We thought it was silly. That CrossFit was funny. Me and Alex were both into lifting more, like heavy, kind of West Side Barbell kind of stuff. Lots of deadlifts and squats and stuff. And uh, so, so anyways, that happened. And I ended up going back to college and wrestling my senior year. And I really wanted to be uh, a wrestling coach. But uh, my senior year, I lost in overtime to become an All-American, and uh, it kind of broke my heart and made me kind of uh, not love wrestling so much anymore. kind of made me feel sick to my stomach, and I was kind of really hungry to start competing again, and my dad had been begging me to try CrossFit, begging me, begging me. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll try it. And uh, so I did CrossFit, and then that year, I uh, about whatever – Eight months later, I won the Southeast Regionals, and then I went to the games, and this was in 2013, and got 10th, and uh, that's kind of all she wrote, I guess. Now I'm kind of hung, you know, gung-ho about it. Uh, I've been struggling with some injuries the past two years, and that's how I met Lauren, as she said, and uh, just kind of took off from there. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and unfortunately, you're giving anybody who's listening to this who who joins CrossFit and thinks that they're going to make it to the games uh, a year later, you're giving them complete false hopes. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, obviously you had a really strong athletic background and you had been, more importantly, let's note that you had been doing serious strength training up until that point. So your base level of strength was pretty significant, I imagine, if you had been following Westside and been dabbling in other strength training programs before you got into you know, the conditioning aspect or maybe even the Olympic lift aspect of, uh, of those, of those training programs. So I think that that's, that's, that's cool that you, uh, you took to it so well. Um, you know, and as far as your, your injuries now, I mean, uh, you know, what are you, what are you kind of battling with and, and how did Lauren play a role in, in shoring up some of those weaknesses? 
Um, it's been a, it's been the same injury for the past two years. Uh, it's been Lauren could probably even honestly explain it better than I could, but it's uh, you want to, yeah, 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 I'll take over when it comes to the medical terms. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, Zach like one day sort of started feeling like some numbness, weakness in his arm, um, which eventually came out of nowhere and led to some actual nerve. There was some nerve damage in a nerve that supplies a muscle, which is your serratus anterior. Uh, your serratus anterior is the muscle that keeps basically your shoulder blade gliding on your ribs without, you know, popping too far left, right, up or down, but it ke keeps the shoulder blade gliding in a smooth fashion. Um, so we didn't know for a really long time. He saw a lot of doctors um, beforehand, but then just this year, like there was a final diagnosis of with some nerve conduction studies that his, um, there was actually damage there, but that with the damage that has happened, that the nerve does have the potential to regenerate and heal and regrow. So that's sort of where we are right now. We're doing everything to, to keep the rest of the body completely healthy, um, to work on sort of all the things that sometimes outside of traditional CrossFit training we forget about, which is what we do like in our seminars. Um, and basically doing everything we can that when he starts lifting heavy again, he's ready to go more conditioned than he was beforehand. Yeah. And I'm just kind of curious, um, you know, uh, nerve damage is something that is, it's, it's not, um, it's not super prevalent, but it absolutely does happen. And is it, is it a result of uh, volume or is it a result of like a, a shearing sort of position or is it like a postural thing in certain movements where, you know, the nerve is pressing up against something. Uh, the, Lauren would know better than me, but, you know, it, one of the reasons why it took so long, I, I probably saw up to like seven, eight doctors, and one of the reasons why it took so long to get diagnosed, it took over a year to get, finally find kind of a solid diagnosis, and it, apparently the, the injury is pretty rare, uh, especially the way, I, how bad it is for me, um, and, uh, one of the big reasons they said that that people thought it, the doctors said they thought it might have happened is because you know 225 pound guys aren't meant to be doing tons of muscle ups and pull ups and, and things of that nature, so uh, you know big big gymnastics and stuff. So sure, um, do you know exactly what? Yeah, I mean mostly to um, the most nerve damage comes from like compression. So you think about like someone who has nerve damage in their leg from their back, it's because like that disc is just sitting out compressing that nerve all the time and you're still loading up your back and lifting and so eventually the nerve just stops being able to send signals down sure. to the muscle but in Zach's case it's actually more from what's called a traction injury so the nerve damage because of over lengthening um, yeah different postures and positions and things that people do definitely can make somebody one person more susceptible to it than somebody else yeah um so you know that's a lot of the theory that I and we have about sort of movement is keeping that like underlining postural stabilizing like that foundational system you know when you're starting to lift heavy and do things that maybe you're not built to do but you're still going to do them which is what sports and athletics is uh that you're always sort of reverting back to those like foundational muscle firing patterns and movements so that you can withstand whatever it is your body's asking for it to do. Yeah, I've heard of, uh, you know, I know that there is a, 
a set of, or a nerve, I guess, bundle, uh, nerve bundles that run through underneath the shoulder. And I think insert, I don't know, behind the shoulder. And, uh, I've heard of, of because of overextension or like you said, like, uh, it over lengthening. So I can totally see that occurring in something like where you're really reaching big extensions and like a muscle up. Um, yeah, I can, I guess I can sort of see that if that, if that were the case. And Lauren, I want to just, uh, just for our listeners, how did you get interested in training athletes? I mean, I know that you said you were sort of into sports performance even before uh, you latched on to kind of the, the CrossFit community. And, um, you know, what, what drove your interest in that? Uh, I have been a human movement nerd and like obsessed with injuries since I was little. <laughs> so, I mean, as a gymnast, when I was young, I would like fake injuries to my mom to like have to get, you know, ACE bandages wrapped up and all of those things. So, uh, it started when I was really, really young and I always thought I wanted to do that athletic training side of it and sort of treat the injuries. But, um, going through gymnastics and soccer and cheerleading and everything, all the training side and the human movement side is really what sparred my interest the most, uh, which led me down the path of physical therapy. So I knew, I mean, when I was like 15 years old, I was already saving physical therapy school applications. So, and I always knew it was going to be sports. Like there was no, no question that it wasn't going to relate to fitness and sports. So very cool. Um, it sounds like you have a real passion for it. And, you know, kind of going from there, uh, can you tell us how the, the R&R seminar came about and what role you each play in, in the sem- seminar and, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about what it is? Yeah, um, R&R is just a concept I came up with to take a twist on what R&R, rest and relaxation usually is what we say, because one thing we always say in the summer is like no day is a rest day, like every day is a recovery day. And so R&R basically means, you know, application of movement or like, for example, Zach is sitting here with a Mark Pro on his glutes right now. So, um, you know, that you're constantly stimulating your body through movement, through like accessory things. So, um, different type of stim units or anything that may be, um, to stimulate repairing and recovering of your body. Um, nutrition is huge. Sleep is huge. Um, and like I said, we, I wanted to do this for a long time ago and we just got fortunate that one of the local gyms in Atlanta asked Zach to, um, to come in and do like some mobility sort of recovery type of class and training. So that was sort of our first opportunity to actually like get the program together, like get the curriculum together um, and take off running with it, which it's been pretty awesome. I mean, this is like basic, simple things. And, you know, we're out there just with like simple bands and teaching simple movements and changing people's breathing patterns. And, you know, we're getting people coming back saying, I'm PRing more than I ever have. I never thought I was going to hit that. Like, so it's, I mean, people just feeling good, healing their own injuries without having to go to doctors. Uh, it's been, it's been, it's super exciting for me that, uh, yeah, you pretty much summed it up. I mean, it's pretty much a no brainer who I wanted to work with, uh, who I was going to ask to do it. And, uh, it's kind of taken off ever since it's been, it's been pretty fun. 
Zach, does it ever surprise you um, at how little athletes know about taking care of themselves? Uh, no, no, because um, I, when I first started doing CrossFit, I, I, uh, probably one of the reasons why I've been so banged up, I, I didn't even, I would never even warm up. I would never do, I would never do anything. So, I, I mean, it was, I would say for me though, it was more so out of, I just didn't feel like it was necessary more so than I didn't, than I didn't know. But uh, it doesn't ever really blow my mind that people aren't doing something or that they don't know something, you know? Yeah. Lauren, would you say that the seminar is, is more geared towards coaches, athletes, both, or um, even diving down a little bit deeper, um, you know, would you impart more specific or, uh, I guess, higher level, higher level learning type techniques for athletes who have reached a certain level of proficiency in certain movements, or is it all just kind of uh, broadly beneficial for everyone? I definitely say it's broadly beneficial. I mean, the one thing that when we do it for members um, and athletes is that I tell everyone is like, you, if you want to be doing these skills and these movements and you're showing up to the gym, you know, you're not showing up to the gym to be like, yay, I conquered three miles at, you know, an 8.0 pace, like on the treadmill. I mean, that's not, the people that are showing up for CrossFit are showing up with goals, even if they're never going to squat 200 pounds. I mean, that person's showing up to get stronger. And, you know, they show up and the programs are for 60 minutes. And basically, I say it's your own responsibility as someone who wants to do these moves and lift this weight to understand your body and become aware of where your asymmetries are, you know, where you're over dominant um, and all the things that it's, you know, your coaches, when they're in a group, they can't coach people through that. I mean, it's, you know, they have to make sure you're being safe with your lifts and the weight and everything else. Um, so from a member perspective, like members love it because it really teaches them about their own body and they can take responsibility from it. From a coach's perspective, I think, the biggest thing. And like I said, the, the material and the curriculum is the same. Um, the, you know, the principles and bullet points are the same when we go to coaches. Um, but from a coach's perspective, you know, they're just able to give small cues. Or when someone says my back's bothering, they say, oh, you know, go ahead, do this movement to warm up with. And coaches are in the classes, you know, they're warming up and cooling down athletes a lot different than they ever have. And then, like, from a higher-level perspective, I would say, again, just sort of like what Zach said, it's not it's not about are you surprised about how little do they know or whatnot. It's just it's, it's A, like, people don't think it's necessary because it's so basic, or it's just never, you know, been topics and conversations. It's not higher in a priority list for anybody. Yeah. yeah. But with now, you know, luckily recovery ideas and mobility ideas are coming out there that, you know, higher, the higher level athletes are taking it more seriously. And you do a simple thing, you know, teach them some banded activation warm up in a particular progression, you can feel the difference immediately. So I think that's what latches people onto it. So uh, Lauren and I have had a, a lot of conversations about this. And what I love about her approach, it's not, hey, this or that's bothering me. It's she goes in and tries to fix the whole system and problem. So that's, that's what we're. That's what I really like about kind of the program and the and the, the lesson she's teaching. And we're definitely going to get into a seminar to walk her through some of our warm up and diagnostic tools. Yeah, that's that is true. Is that you know a lot of times other 
physical therapists or chiropractors or someone will come up and be like, oh, well, what, what objectively are you measuring to know what's better or what not? And for me, I'm like, I don't care. Like the fundamental system, the movement patterns, how muscles work together or against each other, it all has to be balanced out. And if it's not, there's going to be an injury there. So I can give someone with the right hip problem the exact same program change with a little bit different emphasis for a left shoulder problem because the fundamental basis of human movement of posture um you know of breathing patterns is off and when you change that i mean your body wants to heal and your body wants to move right it doesn't like moving inefficiently and it doesn't like moving in pain yeah i remember lauren gave me my first fms screening oh yeah that was back in the day, back in the day and she just straight up said no yoga for you because <laughs> in attempt to fix my flexibility, uh, I would be risking too much injury in a yoga class. Yeah, there's another guy I remember. Did you guys know we did his FMS, and I was like, oh, please, we just need to teach you how to walk and how to sit again. Like, we're going basic. <laughs> Drop everything. <laughs> like, this is a disaster zone. Exactly. But he could snatch and squat really heavy. Oh yeah, I mean there are there are innumerable examples of yeah people who who can't even get into like our dead bug position who can you know easily easily uh, back squat double body weight for reps if you know and it's just it is pretty mind blowing um, and it just makes you wonder about like you know like that you know that from a coaching standpoint and from a PT standpoint they're just moments hours days away from injury you know. Uh, something's gonna give. Something's gonna follow the path of least resistance, and uh, and that's you know it's just a shame. And this this is hard to hear as an athlete because you know you can squat 400 and you're hearing somebody say you can't do this or you can't do that. Lauren, do you have approach of just kind of bringing in an athlete, kind of humbling them, yet saying hey, do this and that, even though it's not sexy, even though it's so basic, but it's so hard for you. I also one thing from like the working with. A higher level athlete like Zach, I mean, you you totally do humble them in and you give someone a simple, simple move and they can't do it. Sometimes those guys are the ones that like get more determined to do it. Like, how can I do all of this and I can't do this one simple thing? And I see people sort of becoming more dedicated by that because it, it really ticks them off. Zach, did you have any personal experiences where things were like kind of like a mind-blowing um you know, experience with Lauren where she, she sort of points out some deficiencies and you're like, holy shit. Um, anything like that? I don't, I don't know. Do you, I don't, do you remember any Lauren? I don't think so. I mean, I, she's had, she's definitely humbled me in a sense of like, she tells me things that I need to do that I don't want to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, I, I, I've all, I mean, I just take, I take her at her word, you know, always. And I don't mind, you know, having to take a step back by any means. Do you remember any specific incidents? Well, yeah, and you you can't divulge too much because obviously all your competitors are listening. You know, our listenership, <laughs> our, our listeners are, there's like millions of listeners out there and they're all vying for your spot at the games, so. I mean, I want to be, I mean, it's pretty simple for me. Like, I want to be the best in the world, period. And so mm -hmm. if she's showing me something I need to be doing to move more efficiently and pro well, more properly, like then I, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think Zach's a different creature from that standpoint that I'm like, no, you need to be doing this. Like, trust me, this is science. Do it. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. It, it can be frustrating, like, but I don't ever, like, second guess, like, why would she tell me to do this, you know? 
uh, I think some of the some of the bigger things with Zach that we working together has been more like on the physical therapy side. And I'll get like an example is I do a lot of like instrument assisted like scar tissue work. And when I first met him, we were working on his knees and he'd been to so many people and it was how many months after the games already? Six months, six seven months, months yeah, and so. no one, nothing fixed it or made it feel better. And so we just, about tendon, I had like some really bad tendonitis in both my knees. And we basically like got rid of the scar tissue in his shins, which is not the normal protocol, but that's like a whole, you know, idea of what we talk about in our seminars called like the joint by joint approach, meaning the knees are going to break down when there's stuff in the ankles that aren't um, working properly. So like cleared up stuff in the ankles and he could squat with no pain right away. And the same thing, like when you had some back stuff is like, you know, treatment wise, we got rid of scar tissue in his ribs, like didn't even really touch the back. And that cleared everything up by making sure the ribs and the thoracic spine were doing what they did. So I'd say more so on our hands-on side versus any other thing. Yeah, I would definitely say like the joint by joint approach has definitely opened my eyes a good bit because, and you think for a lot of people and like the, when I coach class and stuff like, like my biceps hurting, like I want you to fix my bicep and you give them something that I don't know, such as like the lat or something of that nature. And they're like, no, I don't want this, my bicep. It's not that, you know, and it's just like, just trust me. You know, I had to trust Lauren a little bit at the beginning, you know, things like that. And she's like not treating the area that's, you know, uh, you know, fatigue, uh, plaguing me. Dude, nothing sounds worse than having to get rid of scar tissue in your shins. What? I mean, <laughs> it was not fun. I'll tell you that. Oh my God. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Was it just like scraping type techniques? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some, I know plenty of guys on this phone call know how good that feels. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, uh, yeah, I, I, re I remember the days. Bobby, what about when we uh, when we actually made a video about how you can scrape yourself? Yeah, so uh, Lauren was uh, the PT at the gym that I, we were kind of all at for a long time, and uh, after several serious rugby injuries and broken bones, I would go to see Lauren, and she earned the nickname very affectionately, the scrapist. So <laughs> he would just butcher me badly, and one time I made this horrific mistake of going for a treatment during my lunch break and uh, that that uh, that was really bad because I showed back up in my office in a suit and tie and I had uh, she had freed up all this tissue in my neck and around uh, a broken collarbone injury and as soon as I walked into the office with the shirt and tie on my uh, colleagues were like did you get mauled by a fucking grizzly bear at lunch what happened to you so uh yeah, I've been down that path many times with Lauren. I and I remember you guys like when you couldn't get a, a get a hold of Lauren, you guys would, uh, and this is gonna sound so ridiculous, but you guys would basically nude up, cover yourself in whatever scraping oil was necessary, and uh, I I remember seeing guys in like the PT room like practicing scraping each other, <laughs> it, it, like covered in oil with no shirt, and I'm just like I know that there's a video out there. That exists. It's it's great. Um, so so Lauren, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the assessment tools that you like to use when you have an athlete come in who you know? Let's take like a, a healthy athlete to start. I mean, someone that is just kind of coming to you for assessment or you know going through what used to be or what is a modified like FMS type deal. Yeah. So as of um, 
the last seminar we did was a coaches only seminar. Like we had about 40 coaches in Atlanta that came. So that's when I sort of developed like the most basic movement assessment thing. And it's all, it more is based on movements that you're going to prescribe actually to somebody. So you want to see, can you actually do this or can you not? Um, and then if you can't, you're going to work on this exact test uh, or whatnot. So with that, we do um, one, which is like the gray cook test where you, you lie on the ground, feet up on the wall, break 90 degrees, knees aligned with toes, arms overhead. And so that's the biggest one that if people can do that, immediately tell everyone your squat form is because you are not strong enough or stable enough. Like, and then it's when we talk, start talking about like the pelvic floor in your diaphragm. Um, some other ones is like a single leg bridge. So can you actually execute a single leg bridge, keep your pelvis uh, neutral um, and actually go through a full range of motion? If you can't, it means like one of your muscle slings is not working and that your hip joint, you're not gliding in your hip joint the right way. So you'll never fire your glutes enough. Um, so we have, and then like another one in that, cause we have six movements. Uh, breathing is probably the biggest assessment I'm doing on everyone right now. So starting in a seated position, looking at a breathing pattern, if they fail that, lie them on their backs, look at a breathing pattern. Um, if they fail that, lie them on the side and look at your breathing. So I, I did an article about ro rotation a while back and then a big part of it was breathing. So we're seeing a lot of kind of sagittal plane and uh, athletes and CrossFitters that are just, you know, they got the six packed and they're locked down in front and they have the, just an inability to separate their shoulders from their hips. So if you're working with a field sport or court sport athlete, that is required, period. So it's just interesting to see all these injuries occur just from that plane, especially with lack of breathing or lack of rotation, which then leads to effect of their breathing and so on and so forth. Yeah, definitely. We I mean, we go through a process of learning that and just how if you breathe the right way, you know, we say you're taking 23,000 breaths a day on average-ish. If every single one of those breaths is wrong, you're training a poor movement pattern. And you know, as an athlete, like I always say, if I was a baseball pitcher and I show up at the training center and I'm throwing balls every single time I release a pitch, I know that my coach or my trainers aren't going to let me just sit there and throw balls all the time. So exact same thing of, hey, change your breathing pattern, practice that, and you'll see a huge change before fixing anything else. Zach, having been through, I'm sure, uh, her assessments before and then having incorporated them in your warm-up and recovery type uh, habits, can you, um, can you say that anything that the way that you used to train in terms of posture, position, things that you used to do either with Westside or other, um, you know, uh, strength training programs has changed uh, just as a result of kind of um, having a new found understanding for like biomechanics and, and all of the warm-ups and assessments? I wouldn't say that anything has necessarily uh, changed, but I definitely become I've become more aware, for sure, of things I need to pay attention to, um, things that I need to warm up, or things I just need to be aware of, you know, in, in my movement patterns and things like that. So I've always been ex 
extremely aware of my body and the way it works and stuff like that. And sometimes I feel like too much. I feel like I annoy Lauren by telling her so many details that she doesn't even need to hear. But cat fight. No. I mean, we've had arguments <laughs> before <laughs> trying to figure out: Are you telling me this because you just want to tell me, or are you telling me this because they're an issue? <laughs> um, but I would say the one thing about Zach that was like why one of the things he's such a good athlete is because he just has a natural ability to move so well that we like haven't struggled with a lot of that. It's more, I think, just making sure the saying, you move so well, you don't have these issues. Like a lot of people have issues, but so regardless of all that, like you need to trust me and add this stuff into your program, how you warm up and how you cool down. Cause otherwise it will break down. Like just, do it regardless. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. It was giving me she giving me things to do, which like squatting mechanics, things that I need to work on and warm ups and cool down and stuff that I feel like I was already doing correctly to begin with. But but it's I understand now based because of how beat up I am that it's more of a preventative, you know, thing more so than anything else. You know, Zach, has being aware affected your ability to CrossFit? Because I know a lot of that sport is just shut off and go. But if that goal is awareness, has that affected your ability to just turn it all off and go ham? No, no, it doesn't. I wouldn't say it affected me at all. I mean, I wrestled in college, and uh, so that I think that's where I, you know a lot of my mentality derives from and stuff. Plus, when I was in college, I cut almost 30 pounds, so I uh, I know how to you know when it time when it's when it's go time, you know I I don't think about anything else but just finishing the task at hand, you know. But uh. Definitely in training, though, it definitely – and, and outside of training, definitely, you know, consumes my thought, you know, most of the day. In terms of nutrition, switching over from a wrestler's kind of cut weight, make weight mentality to now CrossFit's just EDD from my perspective. Has that been an adjustment? Uh, yeah, no, I don't – I you know, I – You shouldn't ask that questions about nutrition, okay? <laughs> Let's just stop. <laughs> I don't. I actually have a pretty, very very small appetite. I would say I don't eat very much at all. I I will usually have like a couple of eggs for breakfast, and then I typically don't even really eat again until late at night, hardly. I mean, I, I don't know if it's it's the volume of training that really takes away my appetite or what it is, but uh, I know Lauren hates hates when I tell her stuff like that. But yeah, I, I have a. I, do not have a big appetite at that, all. You are hurting me. Lauren, I can only uh, sympathize with you in, in knowing how much of recovery is reliant on just, like, good caloric consumption, you know? It's just, oh Yeah. It's like, there's this thing called, like, nutrient density and micronutrients, <laughs> and it fuels your whole system. Yeah. Are, that are is the number one budding heads conversation between Lauren Palipka and Zach and um so you know from uh in comparing your i guess seminar style and your pt style to the numerous other i not even competitors but like uh other whether it's mobility wad or fms type screening what do you think um you do differently? What's kind of like a standout approach? I mean, the cool thing that I like that you described about your seminar is like, it's, it's super simple. Um, I think that, you know, from my perspective, when things start to get sexy, they, uh, they play a little bit too 
the people who don't know what the fuck they're doing, right? And so they, it plays to their interest. However, it doesn't play to their vested interest, their best interest, which is uh, just developing the foundational whatever uh, biomechanics or whatever. You know, um, how would you say you, you kind of compare to some of those other, uh, you know, PT recovery type stuff? Yeah, that's, that is something I have to talk about and change and prove-ish to people. Um, because people put me into that world of like mobility wad. We don't even talk about foam rolling or lacrosse ball work or anything. Um, we have long monster bands and short mini bands and that's it. And then the rest is your body. Oh, PVC pipes. Um, but the biggest thing for me is that what any hands-on treatment and stuff I'm doing is really to look at like the body as a whole, movement patterns, that's how I decide what's wrong with you. So if you come and see me and you're like, yeah, I've got cupped, I've got needles, I've got scraped before, well, the style and everything I'm going to do on someone is all going to be based on seeing a deficit in the movement pattern um, or an area that's going to create a problem. And I always say what I do is like basically like muscle detox. Like I'm your restart system and that's about it. Like the rest of it is in your hands and that's when we talk about like actual recovery programming and the way that my program is put together meaning like I teach classes weekly at the gym that I work in on this stuff I mean every single class it, it has a rationale and a program meaning you know movement one to movement two to movement three all has a purpose and it's not so you, you can't just watch a YouTube video and go oh I sort of want to do that today because my triceps are it's like no just do the whole program and people leave you know saying I feel so great my workout yesterday you know the day after was awesome um and the last thing is that we always end with so you go through like movement-based exercises then you go through all of your activation systems um and then you end with what we talk about is like performance muscle slings so that's all the big muscles that need to be working in unison around your hips and pelvis in order to generate the right power. So it's a layering system that way and I never take I never take CrossFit away from anybody or whatever this athlete is doing. Um, so all it is it's warm up better with the program, do your workouts, recover better and do accessory work for your deficits meaning one side of the body or one sling isn't working like the other side um and then come see me just to restart the system and sleep yeah. well and eat well yeah i mean i think that's the cool part about it it's not it's not like sport specific or level like the level of, of your of an athlete specific or you know age specific it's it's i teach you know my brother who just qualified for the games i teach him and help him have him working on some of the same things that i have like you know 70 year old women moms in the gym working on you know so, and it doesn't, you don't, it doesn't have to do with CrossFit either. It's just as you moving as a human being, you know? Yeah, that's great. Just super effective, simple tools. That's awesome. So guys, uh, Zach, I'll start with you. I mean, uh, what, what inspires you to keep training? Um, obviously, I'm sure results is a huge part of that. That's probably the biggest motivating factor for people. But uh, let's, let's hear, like, some of the things that inspire you to keep training as well as, you know, potentially some... Uh, as inspiration from movies or music, if, if those play a role? Um, 
I definitely don't think I have any inspirations from uh, movies or music. Uh, I'm just an extremely competitive individual, and once I start something, I like to finish it. And ever since the first time I ever did CrossFit, uh, I I knew I wanted to win the games. And so that's really what pushes me every day. And, uh, I mean, a a big motivating factor for me is that my dad won. As a master's athlete, and I, and I would and I would love to do the same. You know, my dad is uh, definitely my hero. You know, for me personally. So he wrestled in college, and that's why I wrestled in college, and, and kind of so on and so forth. So, um, but are uh, you it, are you a robot? You don't uh, you don't get jazzed when you hear certain music or anything like that, or do you just? I mean, and some people don't, and I and I don't mean to to be rude, but um, but yeah, it sounds like you're just like a basically a competitive machine <laughs> yeah I, I don't I mean that's true. sure music and stuff like that doesn't doesn't hurt but uh, that's definitely uh, I wouldn't say that's definitely my driving force sure you know? yeah uh, um, yeah I, I think my my one of my greatest qualities and one of my worst qualities is how competitive I am and mm-hmm. how badly I, I like to win uh, it can make me a bad sport at times for sure oh um, well, also, if you go over to the Anderson household, like, you have to work out and be competitive. Like, I'm sitting there treating, and every two seconds, someone else is going outside and working out and doing something, and you you have to. <laughs> yeah, it's a cycle. Is, is there more you can't, you can't sit on the couch in that household. <laughs> Zach, is it just you and your brother, or do you have, you have other siblings? There's, a, there's six of us. There's a five boys and one girl. Jesus. Uh, in my my other my uh, so Jacob was actually uh, he got ninth in the Atlantic Regional this year. Um, so he does CrossFit too, and then my little brother uh, Samuel he uh, Olympic lifts. He's about to go compete at nationals here in a few weeks, and then uh, my youngest brother uh, Isaac he's only 13, so he's just in middle school. Well, what the fuck is he waiting for? You <laughs> <laughs> still win national championships uh, or something. That he's playing real sports, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's not trying to be the best at exercising. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's being a real well, athlete. Cross is blowing up in Atlanta. You should, uh, you should put a stick in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might have to grow his hair out a little bit. but um, um, Well, cool. Lauren, I mean, what, what, uh, what drives you in day in and day out working with these athletes, mainly with the the Anderson family, it sounds like. Um, I like to see anyone that I work with win. <laughs> I guess I'm, as the person on the sideline, I'm I'm just as competitive with myself that, which Zach probably knows about me, like, I will figure out any way possible to get someone better or to help someone train better or to do something to, like, constantly perform at your best. Um, it can be, I guess that's probably one of my best and worst qualities too, because I'm extremely in my head about that and can be up until late hours, like researching and trying to figure I've gotten, out. I've gotten numerous texts at like two in the morning. Say, I think I figured this out, Zach. What do you think? I don't know. I'm in bed. I have no idea. <laughs> oh my God. That's passion. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. I just, I'm just such a sucker for like healing people and human movement and, um, and, you know, just love people who enjoy to push themselves. And I've overcome a lot of physical issues myself. And so, um, I just want to make sure everyone else knows that they can do it too, you know, to the level and eliteness of whatever it is that they want. 
Um, yeah, with your help, with your healing hands. Well, and it's not just me. <laughs> it's not just me. I mean, I, I would just say, um, you know, everything I do is it's a team effort. And sure. I don't choose to work with people who don't want to work hard either. So there's a team around it. It's not, it's, it's not me. So yeah, I've definitely denied people treatment before when I just know it's not going to be the right fit. Right. Um, and, you know, so what's your what's your plan? You've got a couple athletes coming out for the games then, so are you going to head out to California with? Yep, yeah, I'm going to head out there and hang out. I actually, um, the company that I used to work for has a location in the StubHub Center. So I used to live out in Santa Monica, so hang out and catch up with some of those people and see what things they're doing. You mean like a, like a booth? Yeah. Uh, no, they actually have a training center in the StubHub Center. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so catch up with those people. We'll be filming. Yep. We're going to be, um, Zach and I are going to go do some, like, actual, like, major movement testing and analysis stuff where there's basically going to be, like, 360 degrees of cameras and force plates all over him and... We're doing our, our, our little seminar. Our yeah, little, uh, and we're doing some filming um, for all of, like, the pillar strength stuff with um, a company, which, so all of that proximal stability for distal mobility, jazz, as I call it. Um, we're going to be working with some people out there and do that as well. And coming by the CrossFit football booth to hang out with us. Um, obviously, it's the most important part. Definitely <laughs> the most important part of the entire trip. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. When you get over there, uh, I hope to have a dunk tank in full effect. Yes. Still working out the water, the, the H2O situation, but, um, but you know, I think that, like, if worse comes to worse, I'll just get, like, a, a pallet of champagne, and we'll just do, like, a... a totally. A, yeah, a champagne of beer, so you're talking, like, no, <laughs> no, no, nothing, cow nothing cowboy cold. No. Cowboy cold high life. No. Um, so, Lauren, where can people uh, find out information on the seminar, and are you guys planning on traveling anywhere in um, in the coming months? Yeah, we uh, we have some we have seminars planned here around the Atlanta metro area in August, and then um, figuring out some stuff possibly in the Midwest, um, Central East areas as well. So, but. You know, I'm, I love this stuff because I see it, uh, you know, I just see change and people getting excited about it. And like I said, it's simple stuff and seeing people get excited and not hurt and PRing and whatnot. Um, so I will go anywhere that anyone wants to learn about what we're doing. So Yeah, and at the least you'll be at the game. So if people want yeah. to uh, witness the experience, how, how might they do that? Uh, I mean, at the games, I'll just be there, you know, on my own, so I'm not having to be oh, okay. anything that, yeah, gotcha. so I'll just be there on my own, um, but, you know, anyone can get, ever get in touch with me on my website, we put a lot of information on both of our Instagram feeds of stuff we're doing, and, um, and if anyone wants to hang out and have a beer after the games are done each day, I will be in a camper, <laughs> 60s camper that I rented, in Venice Beach. Oh my Are God! You, you rent an Airstream? This is going to be cold. No, it's cooler cold. than an Airstream, Bob. Impossible. It's impossible. It's not be cooler than an Airstream. <laughs> it's like it's like turquoise, like wood paneled, like oh, okay. I like it. Chic. 
I like it. Hey, uh, the Grateful Dead just played Soldier Field last weekend. I saw that. Uh, yeah, so that I, I'm kind of picturing like this hippie, flowered covered uh, <laughs> Volkswagen Bug slash camper kind of thing, Winnebago. Yeah, then it's a little bit classier than that. <laughs> okay. Lauren, be careful. And, and Lauren, if you're gonna come to the Midwest, definitely, I'd love to get you guys over to uh, to our gym because um, that what you're talking is. Is, is perfect, and I think a lot of the coaches and athletes in this area could benefit from that. For sure. Denny's got a lot of jacked-up athletes. <laughs> I do have one more question, Lauren. Uh, I think it was a week or two ago. You put up something on your Instagram that just kind of blew my mind. So was, I know this was not meant for kind of strength and conditioning, but you took a motor control framework and then talked about how you use this I had to do a bunch of like a behavior and movement change stuff in college, so I, I remember this one. So you talked about how you applied it to uh, different movement patterns, so anterior pelvic tilt, internally rotated shoulders, and core breathing patterns. Uh, and we can definitely put this photo up on the show notes, but is there anything you can kind of talk about how you took this framework and then applied it to your practice? Yeah, I'll say the number one thing, that framework was developed at Northwestern University where I went to graduate school. And a lot of people who love sports and orthopedics and whatnot sort of didn't really like some of the Northwestern curriculum because it was so neurology-based and human movement-based. And I personally loved it because I already knew, I already had interned for a year in strength and conditioning from people that were talking this way already. And um, so especially like in CrossFit and looking at movement patterns and how people are executing and, you know, what we say, like the initial conditions, um, that how, what the person has to deal with. Um, I went back to that, um, to that uh, framework. And I tell, you know, I was talking to a PT friend of mine just a little bit ago about it and just saying, you know, there should be no orthopedics anymore. Like orthopedics relates like to injury, like, I tore my ACL, but when it talks about like overuse syndromes and pain and tendonitis and everything, like it's, it's your brain and it's your immune system that's going to allow you to change that and to heal and it's all neurology. And if you can change, you know, if you can change the framework of where someone is, how they prepare for a movement, how they initiate the movement, then we say execution and outcome and was outcome achieved, you know, it's, that makes you know, effective and efficient movement patterns. And it's one thing like Zach and I say in the seminars is like, if it's not pretty, don't do it. Like every single time you train a movement, if you're not assessing those phases of motor control, so of movement that's being, you know, coming from your brain, if every if you're doing something, it's not pretty, like you just taught your brain something wrong. Um, and so as a coach and as an athlete, like, I think smart people who train smart, who move well, you know, they know that. And um, like, you know, like I said, Zach moves so well, but like one of the things that could be better on him to even take him to maybe places he doesn't know yet himself is changing a little bit of like some pelvic anterior tilt issues. And so the reason this jumped out is just the, the way it was laid out and written from, from posture all the way up into it. This is 
uh, extremely close to kind of where we kind of teach people to move. And a lot of the athletes we're dealing with, we are reteaching them. So I know you have experience with that. So this just really hit close to home in terms of how we prepare and develop an athlete literally from the ground up because we put them on the ground. Yeah, and even, you know, like for the preparation and all those things, like they talk about like identific like stimulus identification and all of that. I mean, all this stuff is really based out of sort of like stroke and spinal cord injury when you're actually truly retraining like a lesion in the brain. But I sort of tell, you know, everyone, like if you're not moving well, if you don't know how to use things, like you have a lesion in the brain, like that stuff is not working. Like those, you know, that neural firing pattern is is, is not working for you. It's off. You don't know how to do it. Um, so it can all be looked at the same way. I just say the coolest thing about neurology things, like when there's disability and paralysis and stuff, is that just shows us the exaggerated thing of what is truly happening on a small level in healthy individuals. And a, a lot of the, the dead bugs and stuff that we use, that all comes from spinal rehab, stroke rehab, which is, which is pretty cool. And also, just I'm, I don't know if you have any experience with this, but another thing that I'm looking into is kind of learning disabilities. So the same way that at, uh, students would struggle with math or reading, that is also for an athlete's movement, kind of people that have, maybe they're really good at math, but then they are really bad at moving and kind of reverse that, uh, you know, the dumb jock approach. So uh, I don't know if you have any experience kind of with movement learning disabilities. Um, not on anything that I've applied it outside of like a true, like from just physical therapy, meaning just applying it to someone who truly medically has a disability. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, you know, when you work with kids with disabilities, that like is really eye opening to watch and to be able to take what you learn there and then like apply it to, you know, an adult or an athlete. Um, but yeah, I think learn even if it's like a mental disability and a learning disability, you know just how someone operates and where deficits can be, like doing personality tests and intakes, that's all gonna change on how you can be a better coach, how you can be a better therapist, and how you can get the outcome that you want. Nice guys, well does anyone have any other questions for uh, Lauren or Zach while we still have them? Yeah, if I could just kind of jump in. Sure. Um, Lauren, when you, when you've come across athletes who do have uh, like uh, anterior pelvic tilt, what are uh, what are some of the steps that you like to take to start like correcting that? Um. So one of the biggest things is just to assess it from the point of is this something truly structural, meaning how the person is developed, um, so their bony structure, or is it just how they move in musculature, or someone that sits too much in front of a computer in the day. So you first have to assess it from there so that you know what you're truly working with. Um, and, and taking it in phases out of that. Like one of the, like with Zach, his is much more sort of like a movement based thing. Like he- Yeah, has, let's just say like they're kind of stuck in like this extension yeah. or something. Yeah, so basically with that, I'm gonna always I take everything down and I sort of, I have a large Pilates background and I studied Pilates like insane um, for a while for rehab purposes because it's such a good complement to human movement and sports performance. 
So with that, I basically take everyone back down sort of how we do in like beginners Pilates things where you're doing a lot of things on the ground or on your stomach where you have a lot of stability and a lot of input, right? Because you have so much cueing that's coming from the ground. Um, and so we sort of start there and see like where can, is it the easiest that this person can get into a neutral spine position? And then I just tell everyone, every move you make is to correct, is to maintain that. So no matter if you're doing some banded floor exercises, you have to hold this position um, and your speed, your repetition scheme and everything is all gonna be about that you have to hold that. That's the only thing you should be thinking about. And then like progress into some um, like side plank positions, progress into some hands and knees quadruped positions, and then eventually get like from a kneeling to half kneeling to standing. So I sort of, we do it like in a developmental way, just like the same way children and human movement develop. So revert back to your basics, then start learning from there, gradually get into a kneeling, gradually get to a half kneeling, and then obviously standing up against gravity, you have the most, you know, you have to be the most aware there because there's no afferent stimulant information to help you control your pelvis. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And do you find that more uh, women have that issue than men? Yes. I mean, well, just because of a woman's pelvis, you know, like you can take two pelvic bones and pick out which one's the women, which one's the man, you know, regardless of seeing anything else. Um, so obviously that women are more predisposed to it. I think the biggest thing in, in when it relates to CrossFit is sort of like everybody is predisposed to it because of the amount of like overhead extension work and the fact that, you know, what's the number one cue people get like drive through your heels, push your knees out. Like both of those cues are going to create people over time and repetition to create an anterior pelvic tilt. So and from a CrossFit standpoint, I mean, everyone is trying to go there. Andy, does that answer your question? Absolutely. And uh, thank you for that. Sure. Nice. Um, so um, how can people follow you guys? I mean, what's your, what's your social media situation like? Are you guys on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff? I am on um, Facebook and Instagram, just under my, my name. Um, and then if you do repair and recovery on YouTube, we've started to launch some videos on there. Oh, cool. Um, my website is, um, www.lpdpt.com. Um, and that's how people can get in touch with me and where I post when seminars are happening. Zach? Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is zaanderson023. And, uh, but... What's uh Zach? What's your what's your MySpace name? <laughs> <laughs> remember what it was? I, I never had a MySpace. I didn't have a computer really growing up. So. Uh, yeah. Just weights and uh, and hate in your heart, right? Pretty much. We were actually homeschooled, so my mom would just kick us out of the house, and we would just go basically fight. We play yeah. football or something, and then we then we get into a fight, and then we do something else and get into that fight. And... Your mom is awesome. awesome. She is awesome. Hero. She's amazing. That's, that's, that's phenomenal. No, that's, that's great. You guys, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be on the show. Um, I, I know how much we appreciate it and had been looking forward to having you both on. Um, so I know that Zach, you probably have like two more workouts to hit today. 
<laughs> at least. And Lauren, I know that you've got a lot of clients, and next time I'm in Atlanta, I'm definitely going to stop in. I know Allison um, has been telling me that uh, that your work is just phenomenal, and Zach just ringing true to the same the same note. So um, I'll have to come and visit next time we're in Atlanta. And uh, uh, Bobby and Tex, aren't you guys going to be in Atlanta soon? NFL opening weekend, September 12th and 13th, and then oh. we should be sticking around for Atlanta Falcons. Monday Night Football. Oh my Check God. it out, my boy Colin Mooney. <laughs> More importantly, though, that's my birthday weekend. Oh, oh holy birthday shit, weekend dude. in Atlanta. Monday night game seminar, hanging out with Lauren. It's I smell. Be a good time. Hey, Bobby, I just shot Play Tech a text saying I was thinking I'd coming down there. I need to crash at his house. So. This could be the biggest birthday party of your life. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the best birthday present ever, Denny. Y yeah, you might you might get a, a gift scraping by Lauren. Uh, <laughs> hey, you get a free one. Quite the gift that would be. Birthday <laughs> scraping on your birthday shins. Scraping. It's uh, it's uh, you know, I think I have a few left on my punch card for a free scraping. So it's uh, <laughs> right. You get you do it 99 times. Your hundredth is free. Your one hundredth collarbone neck scraping yeah. is free. If you survive. <laughs> uh, well, cool, Lauren. We look forward to seeing you. Um, Zach, are you gonna be traveling with to uh, to the games? Yeah, I'll be out there coaching my brother. Very cool. Well, yeah. I hope that you guys swing by and take your take your best shot at the dunk tank. We'll probably have some hot babe uh, uh, sitting up there uh, waiting to get dumped. So we look forward to seeing you guys, and uh, thanks again so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Zach, should, we, guys. should we reserve like an hour for you to donate to the dunk booth? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can reserve an hour for me throwing down on the dunk booth, you know. I'll be dunking people. Very competitive. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Get in touch with Zach and check out his training by following him on Instagram at ZAAnderson023. You can also find Zach on Facebook under Zachary Anderson. Lauren can be contacted on Instagram and Facebook under her full name, Lauren Polivka. Be sure to check out information on upcoming repair and recovery workshops and other resources by heading to www.lpdpt.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the CrossFit Games is upon us in just mere days. If you plan on attending, please take the time to stop by the CrossFit football booth to shake our hand, give us feedback about the podcast, and take your turn at our wet and wild sports skill test. Next episode, we are joined by the infamous Olympic lifting gurus, Coach Mike Bergener and son Bo Bergener. Until next week, bye!